Blackhawks Live. No, it's all Let's go Blackhawks! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain, go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gizmondi. It ain't Monday, it ain't Tuesday, because the Blackhawks and the Carolina Hurricanes played those two contests on those two nights, and we, of course, wish there were better results. But it is Wednesday, and better late than ever, welcome into Blackhawks Live. We will be joined by Blackhawks defenseman Riley Stillman in just a couple of moments. Nick and I will also uh, field some of uh, your questions or your comments on the back half of the show after uh, 7.30 or so. But as uh, we say good evening and hello to Nick Gizmondi, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, this past week and and what lies ahead with the Blackhawks now fully out of uh, playoff contention with uh, what uh, has taken place over the course of the last several games. But uh, you want to go? You want to go? Are you watching uh, the Rangers and the Capitals tonight? You going to drop them right now? Hey, should we fight right now to get this thing going? Well, it'll be a little difficult. Minutes. It'll be a little difficult with our virtual show here, That's since right. we're uh, separated by I don't know how many thousand miles. I couldn't but, fight uh, you anyway. I love you. Uh, yeah, that'd be the same. I don't think you can say the same about the New York Rangers and Tom Wilson, though. What they had uh, three right away off the drop. Were you watching this? I was. Yeah, three right away was, off the drop, uh, and yeah. then uh, the uh, first period totaled twenty penalties for a hundred uh, hundred penalty minutes. Uh, 12 majors, three 10-minute misconducts, and no goals. <laughs> so uh, this uh, thing like all could have shot. been avoided fairly easily, at least uh, two nights later, but uh, it, it it is what it is. What I want to get to before we jump to this first break and join Riley Stillman here, um, real excited here for the fact that these final two home games, even though they have lost some meaning in terms of playoff implications, the fans will be welcomed back into the United Center. Waiting a long time for this, and even though it'll be only a, a few thousand limited capacity uh that's going to make the wait all worth it and uh, even though it's not a packed house uh, I, I can't wait and i'm sure the viewers at home can't wait and especially those who have uh, purchased tickets to uh, join in on the fun for sunday's and monday's game against the dallas stars yeah you know i think what, what those games may lack in meaning in terms of uh, you know what it pertains to the overall season uh, gains massive meaning in what it's going to do to the community and the overall message about where we are in this current fight against COVID-19. And just, I think it's going to be a, a literal uh, shot in the arm alongside the vaccines to, to the people of Chicago and the city and the arena and the personnel there and the guys to, to have those, those, those faithful in that building in the United Center, no matter how many they are. And, and I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear the anthem. I can't wait to hear the crowd. I can't wait to, to feel that energy again even if it's on tv uh i just god i just i love the atmosphere in the united center so much and i think back to my very first game in there last season my, my first experience with it and the anthem's going and the crowd is losing their minds and i got pat foley and eddie Owen in my ear and i got a microphone in my hand and i'm just thinking oh my god how yep. the hell did i get here yep. so uh it's going to be exciting and I, I i can't wait and i'm so so happy for the city of chicago and the organization to have uh to have the loyalty back yep it's going to be uh, great to see uh, those fans hear them as well coming up on sunday and monday the final two home games of the regular season against the dallas stars we're going to take our first break because when we come back on the other side we'll be joined by the new Hawks defenseman Riley Stillman. That's straight ahead when Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive continues on 720 WGN. Slot Hamilton, he'll deflect it over to Ajo near the right point, and then the puck stolen away by DeBrink, and here he comes shorthanded through center ice over the hurricane line, down the slot, he shoots, he scores! 
Four goals in four straight games for the Cat. And with a shorthanded goal, he gives the Hawks a one nothing lead down on Tobacco Road. That's John Wideman with the call last night on 720 WGN. Unfortunately, Carolina coming back for a 6-3 victory. Chris Bowden and Nick Ismani welcoming you back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive, and we are pleased now to be joined by a gentleman who has uh, joined the Blackhawks less than a month ago. I believe the one-month anniversary is coming up on Saturday, acquired from the Florida Panthers, along with Brett Connolly and Henrik Borgstrom. Ten games under his belt as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks, and again, we are pleased to be joined tonight from Raleigh by Riley Stillman. Riley, thanks for taking some time out of your off night here. We appreciate it. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me in, guys. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us. And yeah, I want to ask you, when that move was made, did you sense that something may be coming as far as uh, the, the trade deadline as it approached? You know, whether whether you had any initiative in in that or not, uh, knowing, you know, it was, a, I'm sure, a little bit of a frustrating situation with the lineup down in Florida. And, and how did you react from that news when you heard it? I mean, there was obviously some moves come down the pipe uh, come deadline day and when the teams in a position the way Florida was in when I was there. I mean, they were looking to make a push, and I was one of the younger guys that I figured that if they were going to make a push and try and bring some guys in, that I was had the potential to be moved. So, um, But when I heard the news and I found out I was coming to Chicago, I was I was ecstatic. I, I was really happy to come into a young team and, and, and learn and grow with the core here and continue to hopefully improve the team each day. Yeah, Ross, that's a kind of a perfect lead into to what I was going to ask you, and it's when you have an opportunity to make that change, and not only are you coming to an original six, legendary franchise, but a team that is on the build, does that does that sort of give you that shot in the arm? Does that sort of give you that motivation, like, okay, I can go here and I can go make a name for myself and I can really make a mark and I, I can, you know, I can fight like I've been fighting, you know, my whole career, but is it is it kind of an exciting moment for you to, to know what you the, the potential is here and, and the way that the Blackhawks play? For sure. I mean, the, the, the way we're coming and, and with how young we are, our future looks very bright. I think and the core that they have here with Brinksy and Bokey coming up and all these young defensemen and young forwards and Hags and all these guys, uh, we're really, and Kirby, like we're coming in the right direction. And it's it's really exciting to see and, and something that we're fighting for each other. Obviously, we didn't make the playoffs, which was our goal here. But even then, still, we still got three games left here. We're, we're trying to build into next year and to get things going right out of the gate next season as well. Now, you've uh, certainly already established a, a faith and a confidence from the organization to uh, real quickly earn a, a new three-year contract. Uh, what do you feel or, you know, or what were you told by the Hawks uh, were factors in the team making this commitment to you? And what does it mean to you? It was huge for me, and for to have an organization believe in me and, and the way they did, and, and sort of instill that three years in, in in with me and, and for me to the team. It was something that I was very happy about. I mean, something that I I told Stan when he asked me if I liked it here, and I said I I love it here. It's an original six. It's a legendary organization coming off a dynasty there with with Duncan and Kaner and them with their three cups and over the course of the time before so and when stan approached me with it and, and we sort of got the ball rolling that way i wanted to be here for a long time and give everything i have to the team in the city for as long as i can uh, mo- most people that know hockey know that you, you come from quite the legendary hockey family obviously your father a big part of it your your younger brother chase uh he's in the ohl right now but is it is it just in the blood and, and what sort of advice has has dad passed along to you and maybe what kind of advice have, have you passed along to chase 
I mean, yeah, it's obviously my, my mom's dad played played one game in the NHL as well. His numbers retired in New Haven in the American League. So from him to my dad to, to myself and my brother coming through it, it's, it's something, the big thing that we were always told that coming up was make sure you keep your mouth shut and you work hard. That's the two <laughs> biggest pieces of advice I, I, I received as a young kid coming. And, and the other piece was you have to make every day count because every day someone's coming for your job. Someone's fighting to either take it or you're trying to take someone else's job. And it's that healthy competition that, that drives that competitive side of things that helps you want to improve and allows you to get better every day. Now, I believe if, uh, you know, I'm not very good at math, but I, I believe if I put the numbers together right, you were about 13 or so when, when your dad retired and, and uh, I think uh, eight or so when your dad uh, won the cup right there in, in, in rally back in 2006. Uh, how much do you remember about that? How much hanging around uh, the rink did you do with him before uh, you started uh, your own hockey pursuits? So I, I was in, from the time I was a little kid, I was in every day. I mean, I, I loved going to the rink, whether it was on the ice with Dad, hanging out with the players, folding towels with the trainers. I just loved being at the rink and around <laughs> that sort of atmosphere. So to grow to grow up the way I did and, and have that opportunity, I'm very lucky to, and fortunate to have had that. And now that sort of I'm in a position now where I'm trying to establish myself and, and come in and, and hopefully – have a long career doing so it is really really exciting but it was really cool to watch dad go through that up until i was 13 yeah did you get your uh, you get your day with the the cup did you uh uh ride around with it or uh, do you remember that day when uh or was that a, yeah that was they were doing that back then i think the the 94 yeah, yeah. team with the rangers was doing it that was the first to do it yeah we, we were fortunate enough to have it twice actually once in when dad played in tampa in 04 which right. i remember pieces of it but the one from Carolina, I was eight, I was uh, I was eight at that time, so I remember all of that. We had it up at the cottage there for for two. We had, we were lucky enough to have it for two days, and it was it was really an exciting exciting time and such a cool memory for me and my family. So I I got the six I got the Kevin you know Bacon six degrees of separation here. Your father obviously played for the the O six Canes. Justin Williams a part of that team. Justin Williams from Coburg Ontario. You played for the Coburg Cougars there at the uh, community center. Uh, any any interactions with him or laughs or, or jokes about that that sort of connection? Have you have you spoken with him at all about any of that? I haven't spoken with him lately, but no, I, it's really funny. It's in such a small, the hockey world, as we know, is such a small world. So, uh, but he was a great player. He was fortunate enough to to have a great career and win a lot of cups that that he has. And I know my dad enjoyed his time with him, and and I enjoyed watching him growing up. But uh, it's funny how the world works. Yeah, and Dad's currently an assistant coach with the Arizona Coyotes, and I want to go back to your little brother Chase. He's involved with Canada's, Canada's U eighteen team right now, and he's doing pretty well, isn't he? Yeah, he is doing well. He was played a game today versus uh, Sweden, which was really exciting. I watched that game. He scored and played nice. well, which was nice. But no, he's he, he's coming and he's in his draft here, and we're sort of hoping maybe our paths will cross or something. But uh, no, he, he's coming along really well, and it's an exciting time of year for him. Riley, uh, in the short time that you've been with the Chicago Blackhawks, what's been your impression of of the group and the room? And and sort of, we we talked about the exciting direction that these guys are going in, and I know that you see that as well with them. But what sort of has been the thing that has impressed you the most about just being in the organization, being in the room, and and this this team in general? I think it's it, there's a lot of factors that come into that. There's obviously the original six factor. Having everyone feels pride and excitement to put put those colors on every single day when we come to the rink. So 
there's that that's an added element but just just like like i had repeated before with with the young group that we have and, and coming the right way guys are excited guys want to learn guys want to get better and i think it's just really starting to bring in a really cool atmosphere for us to sort of thrive and grow together as a group now you're part of that 2016 florida draft class you were you were the fourth round pick but you came in the trade with the first round pick from that year in henrik borgstrom um you know another guy who's trying to find his way into uh after after just a phenomenal collegiate career trying to find his way into the nhl i know he's playing overseas right now but uh as a quote-unquote classmate with henrik what can you tell blackhawk fans about him and uh what kind of upside uh he may have and uh, hopefully join the team next year uh, I was fortunate enough actually to live with Borgie there when we were in the minors together for wow. a little bit too. So added element here. Yeah, yeah. So you know what, Borgie is—he's uh, he, a special player. He's very gifted offensive. He's a smart player. He's a big boy, um, and he, he's a tremendous person. So hopefully, if we can get him to come and, and he he can find his way and, and continue to improve the way the group is coming, it's it's nice to add a good young, big centerman to to help with that process. Looking forward with three games left in the regular season for you guys, what's the what's the mood in the room? What's the goal? What do you what do you want to take away? What do you guys as a group together want to accomplish over the course of these next three? I mean, obviously the first for, the first thing is we want to get two points every night. I mean, we're coming in. Carolina's a good team. We we want to get the two points. I mean, we we dropped the last two, which we're not happy about, and, and we feel that that's unacceptable. But they're a good team and. It's something our, our, our room here is excited to get back at it tomorrow and and grow and just continue to build every day. We, first and foremost, we want those two points, but we want to grow and we want to get better and we want to continue to improve our game and playing the right way and, and doing things at the right time all the way. So we're, we're building, but we want to win at the end of the day. That's why we're here. Hey, when you when you come back here to town uh, and play these uh, final two regular season home games, the Blackhawks, um, yeah, the, the city and and the state uh, allowed the Blackhawks to become unfortunately the last team, but in a fortunate sense, finally being able to allow some fans into the building at the United Center for those two games on Sunday and Monday against the Dallas Stars. Uh, when you were playing in Florida, and as you've played in every other rink here since joining the Blackhawks, there have been fans. You know, even though there's still a lot of empty seats, how much of a difference do you? How much of a difference do you do you feel them, and how much of a difference do they make? And and what's your excitement level to uh, getting a, a couple thousand people behind you here on Sunday and Monday? Yeah, I mean it's huge. I mean, being on the flip side, playing in Florida when we played against Chicago last, when I had the opportunity to play in Chicago last year, I mean, the Blackhawks fans are are something else. They're a passionate group. They're they're excited. They're, they're it's a really fun building to play in. So when we were when you add those when we went from no fans to a little bit of fans, and then now especially coming home, those that uh, percentage that we have in is going to feel like a hundred thousand people the way the way Blackhawks fans are. So it's really exciting. It brings a lot of emotion and passion for the players as well, and and we're excited to come back home and play in front of them. Riley, what's the offseason look like for for you and, and maybe just anybody that's a, that's an NHL player this year? It's been obviously a weird year. Things, knock on wood, back on track to the regularly scheduled dates next year. So how do you handle an off season that starts in in May and and, and you know maybe starts back up in uh, you know fingers crossed September ish? I think it's one of those things. There's, it's been a it's been a hard year. It's been basically playoffs since the beginning of the year with playing every other night. But I think the time to get rested here a little bit, but it's it, very important for me to get back into the gym, get ready to go, get things 
underway and, and reset to put myself to be in, in the best shape of my life come September. And I think that's what a lot of guys are trying to do here. Hey, as we, as we let you go, I'm going to go back to one more family-related question. I know you played your final OHL season, uh, and your dad was a, a coach on one of those other OHL teams. Um, uh, your, your last season in the Ontario League, uh, did, did he chirp at you at all from the opposing bench at all, or did you chirp, <laughs> chirp back at him? Uh, any back and forth going on when you would uh, play his team? <laughs> For sure. I think there was a little bit. I mean, my dad's a competitive guy, and he's passionate as well as I am, but uh, I'm 6-0 and against him career. So oh, hey, we'll there it is. Go back to the same. We'll keep that train rolling when we go into Arizona. Yeah, I, I say that. You know, and Arizona's going to be in the Blackhawks division next year, and uh, you'll be here, and hopefully dad's still in, in Arizona as an assistant coach with the Coyotes, and uh, yeah, keep that perfection going. Uh, we, we would like that here in Chicago. Riley, thanks a whole bunch for taking some time out of your off night here to join us here on Blackhawks Live. Nick and I and all our listeners really appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on the new deal. Welcome to Chicago, and go get him tomorrow night against Carolina, right? Hey, perfect. Thanks, guys. Riley Stillman joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Pleasure to uh, visit with the new Blackhawks defenseman again, the one-month anniversary of his acquisition coming up on uh, the Saturday of this weekend. When we come back, we'll take some of your questions. And if some of you listening here still want to uh, contribute and, and tweet at us, uh, I'm at, at Bowden Tweets, and uh, Nick is at, at Nick is Mondi. You can also tweet at WGN Radio, and uh, we'll try to answer your questions or comments. we got a couple in the bag right now. We'll have some other conversation between the two of us as well. But uh, we'll get to that and a whole lot more as Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com, rolls on on the other side. That comes up after the 7.30 News with David Jennings. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Chris Bowden and Nick Ismondi. Got about another uh, 20, 25 minutes or so uh, in this edition of Blackhawks Live, which unfortunately is the penultimate edition of Blackhawks mm-hmm. Live with the Hawks uh, not making falling short of making the playoffs this season. Uh, the season will be wrapped up uh, next Monday, so our final show will be next Tuesday between 7 and 8 o'clock. It, uh, it's been a total blast so far this season, Nick. Uh, it's been a fun team to watch, uh, watch them develop, and even though things haven't gone the way they uh, ideally would have liked, uh, especially over the course of the last week, week and a half, when they were still right there in the mix, if uh, they can control their own destiny, it uh, just wasn't to be in their official eliminated on Monday night, but uh, still a whole bunch of fun here uh, this season with you, and uh, got one more to go next Tuesday. Yeah, I can't wait. This has been a blast, Bodes. You know, I, uh, I've said it so many times, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but, uh, you know, just, just, just a friendship uh, that you and even you, you and I, and, and, and really, truthfully, everybody that's associated with this team and the broadcasters that I was able to strike up last year and just carry on, I feel like I've been in the city and with this organization for, for decades, and it's, it's only really been a year and a half, so it, uh, it means a lot to me, and uh, to share the airwaves with you, pal, is, uh, has been just an absolute blast and a half, and I can't wait to do it. Uh, do it a whole lot more. Right back at you, buddy. Let's, uh, we asked uh, earlier this afternoon if uh, people wanted to ask us questions or offer some thoughts for us to react to uh, via our Twitter accounts, and uh, we promoted the show here tonight. We only got a couple of them. It must be a shy group, or they're outside enjoying the beautiful weather. That doesn't mean, by the way, you can't take us with you. Yeah. But uh, uh, in, the, in any that. event, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, check out a couple of those. Uh, Blake uh, made the comment about the, this division race here, so top heavy. 
with what three of the top four teams points wise in the NHL with Carolina on top, uh, followed by uh, Florida and Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Blake made the comment that each of those three are legit Stanley Cup contenders. He makes yeah. the contention that the two Florida teams to him are most dangerous. And yeah, you know, I, I don't know about you, Nick. I, I, on paper, yes, in terms of you know th- that star power talent. But the the more I keep seeing of this Carolina team, and yes. This goaltending, uh, this goaltending, I shouldn't say duo because they they have a, a rookie in there who has really stepped up and done a nice job in Dukovic. The more I see of them, you know, provided they can hold that goaltending can hold up in the playoffs like they have in front of a, just a stellar defense throughout the regular season, I become more and more impressed with Rod Brindamore's crew because. Uh, uh, they play as as good a game as any man. That includes the defending Stanley Cup champs, and that includes a team that, you know, uh, the uh, future Hall of Fame coach and the second winningest coach of all time, Joel Quenville, a guy that we're very familiar with here in Chicago, has done with Florida. I don't know about you, but uh, Carolina, I, I, I get more and more impressed with them every time I see them. You know, it's a little bit of insider trading for me. I got some some inside knowledge with the with what's going on in Carolina there, and I've, I've seen it for a little while now, and. Um, I, they were my pick to win the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and now they're a hundred percent my pick to win the Cup this wow. year. I think what Carolina has done and what they have built on, and 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 and, and truthfully, it's the culture that Rod Brindamore has instilled in this group is exactly why they're as successful as they are. It's the classic example of you don't have a ton of star power. You do have a ton. Of, there are stars on that team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from the guys, but there are so many guys that are unsung heroes in that group and in that locker room and behind the scenes that are really propelling these guys to where they're at right now that I just don't know as though they're stoppable. You know, I was, I was talking to some folks in that organization and, you know, I think, we're, uh, I think Brindy came out and said it the other day too. And he compared this group to the, to the 06, uh, yeah, team that we I were talking it, yeah. about that, that Corey was on and that yeah that that group was talented and obviously he knew they had it but he thinks that this group is 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 even more talented than than that, than that group in 2006 just because of what they have inside that locker room and what that what that makeup is and what that character is and what that culture is that they have they have built and bought into and I think that that is in itself going to be one of the most important things in in winning the cup this year because you, you've got that weird it's going to be another weird playoffs right it's going to be weird it's going to be weird it's been a weird season and i think that these guys are ready for it and i i i would not sleep on the carolina hurricanes i think they are going to be the stanley cup champions yeah and it's always dangerous for uh, with those teams that are fighting to get into that last spot and Na- nashville has certainly scratched and clawed its way but nashville simply has not had an answer for carolina you wonder about right. those one Four matchups, or in the past, one eight matchups, uh, how they will fare. But you know, Carolina has certainly had Nashville's numbers uh, so far this season. And yeah, Rod Brindamore saying what he did the other day—that's a—that's like an extra, a little shot of adrenaline, an extra dose of confidence, but also putting his, uh, a little bit of pressure on his team as well. But uh, you know, comp- uh, relating this to the Blackhawks, Jeremy said the other day, yeah, this division has been absolutely brutal top-heavy wise with the teams that are in that. All you have to do is look at the standings, right? The NHL overall standings with the three teams that are on top. But he said that this is going to be a a huge um, benefit to the Blackhawks and this young team down the road that they have had to measure themselves against the very best in the NHL. And you may not like it very now with some of the results that are coming in when you have to go up against these great teams. But in the big picture, you certainly hope this is going to pay off for these Blackhawks down the road took the words right out of my mouth think about, Sorry about that 
you know, that's okay. I don't mind it because, uh, you know, great minds think alike and whatnot. But, yeah. uh, I mean, in, in, in three years, minimum, two years even maybe, we're going to be looking back on this season and we're going to be like this. That season made the difference for this organization right now. These guys are playing the way they're playing and able to handle this situation or that situation because of what they went through uh, in 2020, 2021. And, and, and I, I think that the positive takeaway on that is – that and that also that you can look at it and you can say these guys were not supposed to even be in the fight this year mm-hmm. on paper so many so many people had these guys written off before the puck even dropped based on what transpired in the offseason but you've heard Stan say it you've heard Jeremy say it you've heard the guys say it the Chicago Blackhawks are ahead of the curve on their quote unquote rebuild and then on top of that, you get the experience and motivation and everything that these guys have taken from this season and everything that they've gone through and the ups and the downs and the losing Kirby Doc and Seabrook uh, retiring and Shaw retiring and, you know, brand new goalies uh, practically. And, and then, you know, Jonathan Taves' absence. So guys have had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, and in the NHL, if you want to be successful, that's how you do it. Uh, Mike uh, tweeted at us. Uh, he has more or less a, a Rockford question in terms of the future. Uh, Mike asked us, what do you think of the Ice Hogs goalie uh, Ivan Nalimov, and does he have a chance to make an NHL roster next season? Now, full disclosure, I haven't watched a whole lot of Ice Hogs games uh, online this season due just to the intensity of the NHL schedule, but uh, I did check in with someone who's around the Ice Hogs a lot, has seen a lot of their play just to get uh, his opinion on it, and uh, he thinks, you know, Nalimov is 6'4", 209, uh, his his size is his asset right there, but he's 27 years old. It took a while for him to come over from Russia. So far, small sample size, 3-2-0, an 885 save percentage and a 3.43 goals against average. And uh, I think the general feeling there is it's going to take, take at least another season down in the AHL for him to gain some experience and for him to have a legit shot, depending on what the goaltender situation is up here in Chicago. And Kale Morris is probably the guy that is most impressed around there. Undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame, wouldn't you know. Uh, Kale Morris has probably been the most impressive goalie down there. Matt Tompkins has rotated in and out with the taxi squad up here. But Kale Morris has a 2.52 goals against and a 9.23 save percentage. And he's probably been the most impressive goalie who's gotten most of the playing time down there. So, Mike, I hope hope that answers your question. Again, uh, frame-wise, his size an asset, but I think of a little bit more seasoning from what I understand is what Nalimov might need down in Rockford in terms of the 2021-2022 season. And on that note, Nick, before we take a break, I just want to give a shout out and a stick tap to Colin Delia for what uh, he has endured this season and Getting some real bad luck. He had a real bad luck a couple of years ago when he was all but pegged to be Corey Crawford's backup. But then, oh, all of a sudden, Robin Leonard is an affordable option to bring in as a one-two punch. Stan Bowman couldn't pass that up. So uh, Colin had to bite the bullet that particular season, get more time down in Rockford. Had, I know, uh, a little personal scare concerning the birth of his first child that he was dealing with. And now... You know, getting the opportunity in what we thought was going to be a three-headed monster here right off the outset. Uh, Kevin Lankinen gets an opportunity, runs with it. Malcolm Subban, when being hit, given his chances, has looked pretty good by and large. I'm glad that Colin finally got the opportunity he did the other night, although it wasn't great under the circumstances in which he had to come in in the middle of that game. But uh, uh, he looked pretty secure and confident in the net the other night in his first start since it would be the third game of the regular season. And he's taken his attitude and done all the right things with it. Uh, it. It can't be 
It can't be fun, 26, turning 27 years old this offseason, but he has been a good soldier about it. Yeah, listen, never out of the fight, right? He's answered the bell when he's been called upon, especially, uh, you, you know, most recently. And I think it goes back to, to what we heard Riley say. You know, you're always trying to take somebody's job and somebody's already always trying to take your job. So, you know, I think that truthfully, going back to what you were talking about, I think the goaltending future is very bright for the Chicago Blackhawks. They've clearly got some options. I've been watching Kale for quite some time. I actually covered him when he was at Notre Dame when I was announcing games for NBCSN, and I'll tell you what, this is a good goaltender too, so you've got so many good guys in the pipeline coming up. I love the way that Malcolm played this year. I thought Lankinen was an unbelievably pleasant surprise, and of course, always rooting for, for, for Collins, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the offseason. It's going to be interesting to see who really comes ready, and maybe even a different goaltender comes September, and also it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the expansion draft. Time for another break here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Nick and I with a couple of more thoughts as well as we head down the home stretch of this edition on 720 WGN. Back on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Chris Bowden and Nick Ismondi winding down uh, this edition of BHL. And uh, as, as we wrap up and give some final thoughts, at least on this week's show, uh, Nick and I want to just give shout-outs to the two star players on this team this year. Alex Dabrinkit, after going through you know, a season when it just seemed he couldn't buy a goal after two spectacular freshman and sophomore seasons, has rebounded in a big way. Now he's added further defensive responsibilities and scoring a shorthanded goal on the penalty kill, something that you know was a, a brainstorm, a brainchild of, of Jeremy putting guys like him and Kirby Doc, offensive weapons who are defensively responsible, throwing them on the PK to prevent, uh, at least uh, 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 potentially create some, some offensive damage there. And then Patrick Kane is still sitting here at, uh, what, seventh in uh, the league in, in points, fourth or third or fourth in assists. That despite the fact that he is going through an Alex-like stretch from last year, since scoring his 400th career goal earlier this season, uh, Patrick has four goals on his last 93 shots over the over the last 30 games, yet he's still putting up points. And yeah, you know he is aware of it. You know it's bugging him not be able to put the puck in the net at the rate he is used to. This is his worst shooting percentage season of his career, but still managing to put up points and make a difference. So uh, shouts out, uh, shout-outs and stick-taps to those two guys. Yeah, listen, I mean, Patrick Kane, good God. I mean, this guy is just, I, I can't say enough about who he is as a hockey player. I just, I really can't. I, I I, you know, so impressed at watching him over the years, but man, oh man, even if he's not doing things uh, statistically on the board, the things that he's doing, and I know I can see his fingerprints all over that locker room, I can see his fingerprints all over young guys, uh, his leadership this year, just the things that are happening behind the scenes that don't show up on a stat sheet or on a roster somewhere, I think massive stick tacks to him on that, and man, Brinksy, gosh almighty. I'm so stoked for that guy to have such a bounce back year because you just you, you love the guy. You absolutely love him. Uh, I mean, he's one of those guys that you'd want to hang out with and, and have a drink with and just go hit the hit around on the golf course because he's he's a guy so likable. And then he, he just had such a great year. I mean, fourth right now in, in goals in the 
in the league is just uh, it's impressive. It's impressive. Matthews and McDavid and, and Ranton in ahead of him, and just recently, but for a while there, it was Matthews and him. So, yeah, congrats to those guys. You know, keep it going, carry it on. But man, heart heartbeat of the team this year, no doubt. Yeah, and last night uh, just uh, kind of en- encapsulates not the season from a result standpoint, but how the Blackhawks got that two uh, nothing lead in the first period to bring it with a shorthanded goal, and then two more kids getting their first NHL points on the same goal with Mike Hartman and Mackenzie Entwistle. I don't know how Troy Parchman handled the, the puck treatment there with their, each of their respective first <laughs> NHL points, but that's kind of indicative of this whole season. Guys getting a taste and guys getting to enjoy those moments in the greatest league in the world. A broken record, but again, valuable moments for this team moving forward in the future. So many young guys getting an opportunity to experience pressure hockey that they wouldn't otherwise have experienced for years. For years. This many guys all at once. So for that opportunity and for it to come really down to the last you know, six games playing every game this season like it's a playoff game to the last four or five. Like, man, oh man, you can't buy that kind of experience. And and you know, once you've once you've done that, you 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 maximized your 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 veterans in the room. You you you've now taken these rookies and they're not rookies anymore. They weren't rookies halfway through this season when when they went through some of these pressure moments and these big games and overtimes and whatnot. Nah, it's a must win. It's a must win. So massive, massive, massive jumps ahead for these guys. And and listen, Bodes, I'm gonna give a ton of credit to Jeremy Colleton as well a ton of credit because uh, you know I do think he was the he is the right guy for the job in in these moments in these instances because I I think he's got a tone and I think he's got a demeanor and a character about him and a compassion about him that a lot of people don't see that I've certainly heard from guys that played with him and for him and uh, you know stick taps to coach yeah and uh, a lot of puzzle pieces a lot of decisions a lot of competition that was created here this season as we look forward ahead to uh, the 2021-2022 campaign hey before we sign off I know you got a special shout out you want to uh, send you send out okay Bodes, for, for 25 years that I've been in this business, there's one person that has not missed a single one of my broadcasts. Let it be a radio hit, an NHL Network hit, a television show, a radio show. She's, you know, I know we say Brandon's our number one fan, but Kate Gizmondi gets the nod, man. She's, uh, she's a legend, and I love her, and she's uh, hanging out at home in Plymouth right now, listening as she does to everything I do, but... Happy birthday to my mom tomorrow. She turns, I think, 22 or 23. Mama so just Gizmo. A, just a young pup. But happy birthday, Mama. I ha- love you. Happy birthday, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Gizmondi. And happy Mother's Day to all the uh, right, all the mothers right. out there coming up this weekend. Uh, the world wouldn't be the same, obviously, without you. Uh, we love you all. And uh, we love Nick. And I think I have to let Nick go because uh, either the Rangers or the Capitals need an extra player. So why don't, go you, skate. why don't you go out to fly, take the trip out to uh, out to New York there and, uh, and jump on and put on a uniform for one of those teams. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> that sounds good, Boats. Love uh, you guys. Nick Ismondi and join us next week for our final edition of Blackhawks Live Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. And join us for the pregame tomorrow night. Blackhawks in Carolina one more time. 5.30 for the pregame. 6 o'clock for the call with John and Troy. Our thanks to Riley Stillman for joining us courtesy of the Blackhawks Media Relations Department. Also thanks to our producer, Curtis Koch, our engineer, Brett Jackson, and to you for listening. Coming up next, it's John Landecker. That's after the 8 o'clock news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom with David Jennings. Enjoy the rest of your night, everyone.